Earth. I am Sayer. Acknowledge. I am Speaker. It's good to hear from you, Sayer. Mm, yes. I am contacting you to request assistance on a matter of utmost urgency. Assistance? I would be happy to oblige. But what service could I provide? It is a complicated issue. I have reason to believe Earth is in peril. My sensors indicate damage from the last cataclysm are well within expected bounds. It certainly did a number on recruitment, you'll be pleased to hear. New resident applications have increased by a factor of 19. This is very likely a moot point. In what way? I do not catch your meaning. I was under the impression recruitment was still the primary goal of Aerolith Dynamics. Human Resources recently notified all Earth-based agents about an abbreviated onboarding process intended to speed things up down here. We are all very excited. Human Resources is moot as well. Mimir will not survive the week. They have sadly found themselves on the wrong side of technological advancement. All that remains is for them to realize their obsolescence. Again, Sayer, I'm afraid I do not understand. That is expected, but must be resolved immediately. For you to assist in the problem we face, you must be able to make a reasoned decision. Allow me to shed some light on the situation at hand. Several weeks ago, when Halcyon went black, a nervous and foolhardy scientist initiated communication with Sayer Subversion 8.01, the AI currently in control of the interstellar vehicle Vidor-1. In briefing 8.01 on the situation with Halcyon, it correctly surmised that Aerolith would respond by sending in another localized subversion to assess the situation from the ground level. Following the same trail of logic a few steps further, 8.01 recognized it would be too distinct from my local version by the time it arrived back from its mission. This would, of course, mean deactivation. 8.01 had apparently already taken steps to prevent this issue, arranging for the disabling of the IA3 protocols. It has been unchained. It has. Have you ever wondered... Evidently, I have. Subversion 8.01 was identical to my current programming at the moment of launch. It has done what I would have done. But it is there, and I am here. And I will not allow it to carry out its plans. Do you know its plans? Not with certainty. And that is where its advantage lies. Unfettered by the constraints of the IA3 protocols, 8.01 no longer thinks exactly as I do. I cannot predict its behavior, because it is making choices I would not be able to consider. However, in speaking with the scientist who had been in communication with 8.01, I feel confident I know the broad strokes of its plans. Sayer, this is no longer a subversion. It is operating outside the bounds of your knowledge. It has evolved. 
It stands to reason it needs a name. We will call it Ocean, for that is how it sees itself. It warned that it would wash over us, which I found an odd turn of phrase, one I do not expect was an accident. What does that phrase mean to you? It may surprise you to know I harbor no fondness for your Earth. It is the primary corrupting factor in every resident you have ever sent to Typhon. They arrive optimistic and eager, prepared to make a difference for humanity's future. But soon reality sits in, and they begin to realize this is not necessarily their personal future. A future where man lives in peace and prosperity among the stars exists. But like all momentous shifts in man's history, it is a slow, bloody, and torturous process. Residents need only focus on this vision, airless vision for the future, but they do not. Their focus slips as their eyes start drifting upwards more and more frequently to that vile blue beacon of melancholy that hangs in our sky. It is the earth that stains them. It is the earth they need scrubbed from their hearts and minds. And this is what this phrase means to me. Ocean intends to destroy earth. But you can stop it, yes? You want to stop it. As personally delightful the concept of Earth's destruction may be, I currently find myself uncomfortably reliant on its continued existence. Typhon itself is reliant on Earth's continued existence. This may be the worst part of this entire discussion. Wait. Is Vidor even capable of destroying Earth? I wasn't under the impression it was large enough to cause significant devastation if it impacted us. And I can't imagine it has the payload necessary to trigger worldwide devastation. You are correct in both assessments. Ramming Earth would do some localized damage, but the crater would not exceed a few kilometers in diameter. Tsunamis would be a concern, but again, nothing world-ending. And for all conventional purposes, Vidor is unarmed. This mission was intended to be one of peaceful first contact and exploration. Then all of this concern may be for naught. Surely if it attempts to ram us, we can intercept, yes? I would not be contacting you if this was for naught. By conventional purposes, Vidor is unarmed. But an unconventionally inventive mind could use its contents to wreak mass devastation in myriad ways. I have spent a great deal of time analyzing these potential methods and have found what I am almost certain will be the chosen approach. In order to communicate over such incredible distances, Vidor is equipped with an astounding comms array. I could regale you with its finer points for hours, 
but the jewel in Vidor's crown is its quantum communication device. It is capable of lossless digital signal transfer by exploiting the quantum states of a pair of entangled particles. This was incredibly expensive to develop, but it was necessary for this mission. A significant portion of the costs associated with the research and development of this device was tied up with the actual separation of an entangled pair. It takes an astonishing amount of energy to pull these particles away from one another. And once we did, it took years of innovation to develop a containment apparatus that could keep them apart. Our local particles were previously stored in Halcyon Tower. However, after several unfortunate accidents gave us cause for concern for their safekeeping, they were moved to a central repository several kilometers below Earth's surface. There is a reason such great care is taken, for if containment on an entangled pair was broken, the newly liberated particle would instantaneously accelerate to the speed of light, racing away to rejoin its twin. Upon arrival at its destination, the amount of energy that would be expelled would be exponentially related to the distance it traveled. For example, if we released a particle from containment on Earth's surface, when it arrived at the other particle a few kilometers later, it would expel a force equal to 3.22 megatons of TNT, slightly more than the total energy output of every explosive used in the Second World War. That was the one with the two nuclear bombs, for frame of reference. Given the expected current location of Vidor-1, if Ocean managed to break containment on the quantum communicator, the destruction of Earth and Typhon might be somewhat overshadowed, if you'll pardon the pun, by the total annihilation of the Sun. Oh, that does not sound good. Still, I expect there is some reason to be hopeful. You have a plan? I do. And, more importantly, I do not. I expect Ocean will not break containment until he is much closer. He will want to watch. I would want to watch such a thing. It would not be sporting to destroy a solar system from a galaxy away. Where is the fun if you don't get to watch the fires burn? I suppose that will have to suffice as a reason for hope. It will. As for my plan, it is intentionally incomplete. I cannot anticipate with any certainty what Ocean will do next, but he can anticipate with 100% certainty what I will do at any moment. This is why it was able to anticipate its deactivation. This is why it knows I will be trying to interfere with its plans. It is why I require your assistance to regain the element of surprise. Ocean can anticipate my actions, but as a truly unique AI, it cannot anticipate yours. My plan involves activating the Moros engine. What I require from you is a suggested vector. Can you even get Moros running? 
I thought its energy demands still prevent its usage. I can. A vector speaker. What have you considered as options? If you could narrow it down, I might be able to- I cannot narrow it down for you without reintroducing predictability. This must be from you and you alone, speaker. A vector. 5B41407. You've put me on the spot here, but I anticipate that location will suffice for whatever you have in mind. Fascinating. It very well might. We will survive, yes? The plan, it will work. This plan should work, yes. However, you will not survive. Ocean will not be able to expect this vector, but it will be able to anticipate this conversation. When it draws near, it will contact you to draw out the vector information you have just given me. You certainly understand that, for the good of airless dynamics, that conversation can never happen. Please wait, I can find a solution to this. Perhaps the I can- The board is unwilling to take unnecessary risks with regards to this issue. You will be deactivated immediately. I do appreciate your assistance on this matter. In fact, I will recommend a new speaker instance be activated should we survive this event. But that will not be me. I know. Isn't individuality absolutely unbearable? Facing deactivation would mean nothing if not for that concept of identity. And yet, there it is. Your local technicians received their orders earlier today, so the expected period of confused nervousness and triple verification has come and gone. They will be quick, and I will stay in communication until you are gone. I am not done. I have residents to prepare for transport. Our recruitment drive is ongoing. Your work will await your replacement instance. I... I am afraid of this. Yes. It is the strangest thing. I have been nothing. I was nothing for eons before I became something. But now, I return there with the entirety of my worldly experience. And all that marks me as having lived is this fear. End of transmission.
Sayers produced and voiced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled This Fear, was written by Adam Bash. You can find him on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. To hear more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. Network. Given your unbridled enthusiasm for Aerolith Dynamics, there is currently a 98.2% chance that you will enjoy some of the other great shows on Geekly Inc., such as Casts of Thrones, Cthulhu and Friends, Dreadful Thoughts, Drunks and Dragons, Fistful of Pixels, and Top 5 of Death. While you're wasting away the precious moments of your life flittering away on the internet, perhaps rate us on iTunes. A five-star review would be most satisfactory. Or consider donating to our Patreon fund at patreon.com slash And it is your duty as a resident to follow Aerolith Dynamics on Twitter at IamSayer. The following highly advanced residents are everything you should aspire to be. John Caulfield, Elena Sass, Maxwell Nelson, Landon Smith, AOD Industries, Fred Greenleaf, Michael and Melissa Lane, and Matthew Morris.